millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You, oh, you can't see me, I, can you? You're moving to me. Can you see yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, you're moving to me. I've, I've got, oh, I've, good. got full, I've got the full well, experience. Well, on, on my screen, I've just got one picture. Like one picture of me like that, <laughs> with my eyes closed. Bloody hell. Pensive. And yeah, not too worried. Right. Welcome back to the You've Got to Die for Three Points podcast. My name is David Prutton, the starter, of course, in what is the main course with regards to who this podcast is all about. It is, of course, Neil Warnock. Neil Warnock, hello, my friend. How are you? How's tricks? Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, different uh, weather down here at times, but uh, raring to go. Raring to go and another week, obviously, to talk about what's going on currently in the world of football. Let's just reflect, though. We're a, we're a few episodes in. We had a very special guest last time out in Simon Jordan, a man that you know very, very well. Did you enjoy that episode? Yeah, it just it just showed me how he's so, so clever and articulate. And what I find amazing about him now is... The ordinary guy in the street who probably thought when I when I was managing him that he's this, you know, aloof man who doesn't know what he's talking about and all this and other. It's completely the opposite. He actually comes up with the arguments that the ordinary layman in the street wants to ask. So I, I think it's gone full cycle, really. He's, bec he's becoming the, uh, the layman's. Expert as well, which I, I think the supporters love it. He's got a great way of explaining exactly what he means, which is which is a great gift to have. Obviously, if you are a broadcaster, if you are someone that's in the media, as he has worked his way into it. When you had him as a chairman at Palace, did you see him doing what he does now, broadening it out into into the media? No, not at all. I, I thought he'd be really successful um, in the football club. Mm. I mean, the circumstances about the. Uh, the financial drop that happened at that time, he, he could never envision anything like that. I mean, now, when I watch him, I, 
He's obvi- he obviously eats a, a piece of dictionary every morning for breakfast because I've never heard anything like his words. I don't, I don't even know what some of them mean. I think he's inventing half of them. But uh, that nobody there question him. The, the, the thing is as well, which, which yeah, it, it intrigued me when you were talking to him because being from a similar part of the world as we are, Neil, in that glorious um, county that is Yorkshire, you meet... You come across um, a self-made man from South London. His dad obviously had a massive part to play in, in Crystal Palace's history. Um, and sometimes in that, perception can get in the way of what the reality is of your relationship. It seemed to me between you two, very honest fellas, that was never a problem. You had something in the middle that you both loved, which was football. And then you had Crystal Palace to move forward, didn't you? I think it was because when I, when I look back at my promotions... I've had good chairman, you know. I've had, in most of the occasions, I've had really good rapport mm. and a working relationship with the with the chairman um, for whatever reason. All right, sometimes they were really difficult, but I always got on trying to get on with them because I, I felt it, it was important to me as a manager that they knew the problems that I had as well as the good times, uh, not just going to a chairman when you want money or you want a player. Or, I wanted to tell them about... Uh, Joe Bloggs' wife, who's off work this week, and who, he's got to look after the kids. <laughs> I know it's silly things like that, but chairman never get to know about the real life. It's all financial and all this. Whereas I just kept him informed, and I think he, he really appreciated it. I don't think he'd had any sort of relationship before like that. It was it was all you know. Let me have some money for a player or or tactics or whatever, but I don't think there was anything like that. So it was a, it was a new one for him. And, and for me, um, just going down to Palace when I did, I, I would, like I said to you, I thought I was going to retire yeah. when I finished at Sheffield United. I thought that would do me, keep him up and then uh, leave him on and, and have a, you know, and ride off into the history. How old were you then? Into the history book. Neil, so, so uh, you were what, in your um, 50s, were you? Two, six, so 14, 16... Um, no fifties, wouldn't I? I'd be. Let me thinking now. I've just got me thinking now, David. Uh, it's about. It was about um, four, 16 years yeah. ago. I'm seventy three, so that's sixty fifty seven. Yeah. So, so you were you were ready to you were done and then. I, and I, I always thought. I thought when I when I started in because I was thirty odd when I started. I was young. I always thought fifty five will be a nice age where I can go and see a few places. I always wanted to go around, not, the, not around the world, but, you know, Niagara Falls. I wanted to go to Brazil uh, to see the big, you know, monument there and, and other things. And, um, and and so I think if I had kept them up, if, if I hadn't have had that hassle with the bloody Tevez thing yeah. at Bramall Lane, and then, I hadn't been, and then I hadn't been Tret, which I thought was a diabolical way that I was Tret, um, by somebody that I trusted. Yeah. Um, it, it just made me want to come back again. And I needed a bit of love and Simon give me that. Uh, I think that's the problem nowadays. It's all, you know, high profile and everything. But at the end of the day, who motivates the manager? Well, yeah. in my case, it was the chairman. Anyway, let's move back towards the present day. Leeds United scoring a very, very late winner against Liverpool. Jesse Marsh under all kinds of pressure. And he even said himself, he's, he's very front and centre, Jesse, isn't he? He will say, I understand how this game works. Yeah. It's very brutal. You don't win games. You don't keep your job. It was a huge 
result. And, and just give us a, a taste, Neil, as, as a manager, when it is everybody looking at you, everybody pointing at you, looking at what's going to happen next. You go to Liverpool, you come away with a win. Well, I mean, the relief. I think when you when you when you have been in management, obviously as long as I have, you've had periods like that. You've had games like that where you just know something important is going on that game. Mm. I mean, to go to Liverpool, Jesse would have been happy with a point, absolutely. You know, to move on, it wouldn't have been thinking of anything other. Oh. Um, but to get the response they got was was unbelievable, and the relief you could see the relief in his face. You know, every he hadn't won for ages. It didn't. You know, you're playing Liverpool. Um, the thing that pleased me was the lads give everything. Mm. You know, they absolutely give everything for him. I just think they're so open because they, they have a good game like that where they give everything and they're attacked. But they, they're so open at the counter-attack um, that, I, you know, you can see why some games they played really well and then lost a couple of goals. And, uh, you know, I'm not convinced about them at the back uh, since even in my time there, there were a couple of, you know, Aileen and, and Cooper. I, you know, I, I, I know they're regulars, but I, I, I wasn't convinced about the defensive side yeah. of, of, of Leeds. But I, I love the enthusiasm. And, <laughs> I mean, the goal, the young kid took it brilliant. It's fantastic, it? wasn't it? Uh, I mean, probably Liverpool should have been out of sight. Mm -hmm. uh, they missed a, quite a few few chances as well. But you've got, you've got to give... I just thought, what a great advert for the game. I looked at that and Liverpool, you know, Klopp's under pressure. Well, not under pressure, but you know what I mean. He's under pressure himself, to himself. It's in his own mind he's under pressure because he wants to win. He wants. He's a winner. He's used to that. He's not used to seeing so many chances go, yeah. you know, without without scoring goals. And, and they've happened in a few games this year. And it's something that he's not been accustomed to. So he's, he's under a learning curve. Jesse was just relieved to get a result. And and I remember a few times, one in particular what I remember, uh, when I went first started in the game, I was at Huddersfield, and we played a, a cup game against Carlisle. Uh, and, you know, semi-final of a Leyland Daff or something <laughs> like that. You know, one of the Wembley finals. Mm. And... We won. We won three 0 in the first leg, and we go up to uh, to Carlisle for the second leg. And I go in the office the next day, and I and I, the secretary there. I never forget him. Alan said they were booking coaches, <laughs> oh, and no. I'm superstitious. And I said, "What what are you doing? What are you doing, lads? Here we're booking coach. We we've got to order the coaches in plenty of time." I said, "You can't be ordering coaches till we get through." We won three 0 last. We won three 0 He said, "You know." I said, you, "Honestly." Anyhow, cut long story short, we go up to Carlisle, we're 2-0 down, early doors. <laughs> so they only need a goal. And then my captain comes off, Peter Jackman comes off injured. I had to put a school teacher on, and uh, uh, Johnny Dyson. And we went all the second half. Uh, it's still 3-2 on aggregate. And then we have uh, 10 minutes of injury time. And in that 10 minutes, it's probably the worst I've ever felt. Because I thought... If I can get the team to Wembley, mm. I'll keep my job. If I don't get the team to Wembley and we're not doing well in the league, I'll probably get the sack. And that's how I felt in those, you know, even in the 10 extra minutes, that's how I felt. <laughs> that was the overriding emotion. You know, said a few prayers. <laughs> yeah, said a, a few prayers. I'm like, please let us get to Wembley. And, and, and we got to Wembley at the end and, um, and it gave me time to, to, to adjust, to have the summer 
and to build a club at Huddersfield, which we got promotion, you know. But that that period, and yes, not the same um, level as what Jesse's mm. going through or Klopp and things like that. But manager, it's the same principle. You know when there's a crucial time in your club or a game that's a crucial game, and and you know the feeling inside, and you know Jess. Jesse, you know, I think he could have kissed everybody after the game, couldn't he? <laughs> he, he knows that that's given him a bit of time, uh, uh, that win against Liverpool and uh, and the fans. But uh, I just thought, from a neutral point mm. of view, I thought, what a wonderful advertisement, Premier League. You, you mentioned as well Klopp there, because Jesse needed the win for completely different reasons, obviously, given where they are in the league, given the run that they've been on. With Jurgen Klopp... Mm. With Liverpool, and obviously struggling is a relative term when it comes to Liverpool, but they're not doing, they're not reaching the standards that they've set. Which, I mean, a team going for the quadruple yeah. last season, it, it has changed slightly from the outside looking in. And we talk about that game, obviously, they got beaten by Nottingham Forest a week before as well. Can you put your finger on an issue that jumps straight out at you, or is it a mixture of different things coming together? Well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how much money you've got at the club. When you lose a player like Marnie, you know, he's a manager's dream. Yeah. And, and although, although you can't say anything because that's how it is, you know, you've got to, he had to go, he, want, you know, he wanted to go to, over to Germany and you have to let him go and what have you. But when you lose somebody like that, you don't realise, the manager realises, but the directors and people don't realise, they think, oh, we'll, we'll just spend 60 million and replace him. Mm. You don't get that. You don't, it, it's not the amount of money you spend, it's the actual player that you know as a manager. You know, I always say about my, my successes when I've had promotion, I've got players that probably didn't get any recognition um, newspaper-wise, but they were always on my first on my team sheet every week, and Marnie would have been first on Jurgen's team sheet every week. Mm. So to lose him, and then uh, you know you, 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 you've got the, the, the best player in the world missing chances, um, not taking him, doesn't didn't look up to speed, yeah. um, and and I thought when when you look at at what Jurgen was saying, even now. I agree with him. I think the, the, the I think the time to judge Jurgen will be at the end of the season because they'll still be high up in the yeah. league when, by the end of the season. But he he's got to adjust and you know some of the mistakes that they've made and you know um, the, the back passes, the goalie dribbling, <laughs> basic things really. Um, and the best centre half in the country has it a bad spell. And, and that's what happens, you know. Van Dijk, he, 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 he just it, is it a bad spell? Because he's not superhuman, is he? He's, he's always going to dip at some stage. No. Yeah. Whereas he's been able to lift everybody around him uh, by talking. It looks like he's got enough on his plate to lift himself mm -hmm. at the moment. So, but that'll come back. Good, good players, you know, they have periods, but that'll come back. And I, I think you know you're going to learn all this. You see, as a manager, you only learn through your mistakes. You don't learn when you're winning every game and you, you know, you make, you know, you make a sub. When you're winning every game, you make a sub and they score two. You know, you can't go wrong. And it's a fabulous game and everybody, mm. you see, I, I, I used to walk around the supermarket, everybody wants to know you, you know. Mm. Um, and it, I mean, when I was at Leeds, I, it made me laugh when I pushed my trolley around the supermarket, Dave. 
they used to go around that and then i'd see them go around the next chip next uh, carrot you know like ne next whatever it they call them and uh, I'd, I'd catch him. They'd catch me coming round the cornflake counter, and then next time they'd be round the gym. They couldn't believe it when Neil Warnock in the supermarket. But I used to like that. I used to love that. Well, so, that I mean, I know I've gone off the subject again. A little no, 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 no. That's that's the essence of, of your management style, isn't it? And speaking of that style, do we do we do we look at him now? His aura. It, it's yeah. an unbelievable aura, isn't it? Do we look at it now? Where is in a position where what Alex Ferguson did so well at United over several years? Freshened up a team, freshened up a squad. Went again. Is is? Do we? Are we almost at that point with Liverpool? These these players that have died for the three points that he's demanded of them. Is the time think, to, uh, to change? I just think everybody, everybody, because it's such it's Liverpool, mm. and everybody expected them to be level with Man City at this stage. Um, I think it's so much difficult that, and I I think all the media at the moment because it's Liverpool. Let's bash them. Um, we're gonna. It's gonna be. Um, it needs rechanging. Mm. He's not doing it. He's not doing it. That needs new blood. He needs new blood. Um, I don't. I don't think there's a lot wrong. I think. I think it's just confidence in in the players. I think Jurgen. Even little things. The other day, I saw him. I might have been yesterday doing a press conference without his hat on. <laughs> and he might be thinking, "This bloody ass, not you know, not giving me any look." I went. I went to a match last night. Right, listen to this, Plymouth Argyle, Exeter. What a derby! Did you did you stay dry? Four, Sixteen My and a half thousand. <laughs> listen. So Amy and William outside of me, and Amy had a blanket, so she put it over William's thingy. So we we're. Um, we were second half. It's absolutely blowing in on us. So, Dad, do you want a blanket? I said, I can't put a blanket on. So she said, and it started. So I said, yeah, come on, Jamie, give me that blanket. And Exeter scored 2-1. So I'm looking at it and I said, uh, it's that bloody blanket, Amy. Take it back here. And then they equalised and got, went on and scored four. <laughs> I blamed the blanket. Now, managers are the same. Managers blame things, you know. And Klopp might have thought, hey, let me take my hat off for a bloody... Let's do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little things, little, little superstitions. These little tokens. You can't that tell me that we're not all the same. And, and that, that's the great thing that the different levels. Yeah. That's why I always um, used to make me smile latterly as I've come out of football and looking back on your experiences where you work all week um, and you do I don't know set pieces on a Friday for the best part of an hour. Yet the last thing that your manager will still say as you run out is good luck. So you're kind of thinking. Well, hang on. So if we if we're gonna like base it all on luck, we might as well just do five sides all week. Yeah, I know. Well, I, th I think nowadays everything's computer. You know, yeah. the manager has very little in that respect regarding the coaches' set pieces. You know, they have set piece experts now, don't they? And throwing throwing experts and all sorts <laughs> of rubbish. Well, you can't tell me that's any better than you. you I, I don't accept that. No, it might get a job for another guy to do something, but. I don't accept that. It does. So it's, uh, but now just quickly going yeah. back to that, David, last night, that game, a Devon Derby, fabulous atmosphere, mm. terrible conditions. And I saw uh, Stephen Schumacher after, and uh, it does make me, I do feel, it's really in a good place, the club at the moment. And he's a cracking young manager. But when I look at him, I just think about myself when I was his age. He's so excited with the game and so wants to, you know, and it's a really good place to be at the moment down in, at Plymouth. So long may that continue. Yes, indeed, they're absolutely flying. And speaking of young managers, there's one gone into your old club, but we're not going to discuss that right now. We're going to take a little break. 
right here on the You've Got to Die for Three Points podcast. And after that, plenty more chat coming your way. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to the You've Got to Die for Three Points podcast. Myself, Debbie Prutton, and Neil Warnock, of course. Now, Neil, I said before the break we were going to talk about one of your former clubs, um, that doesn't really narrow it down, does it? Because there's that, there's, there's that many of them. But specifically, <laughs> we're going to talk about yeah. Middlesbrough. Now, there's been a change of manager there. You mentioned earlier on in the pod about Stephen Schumacher doing a tremendous job at Plymouth. And it looks as though, if with a fair wind behind the back and if results keep going their way, Plymouth will be a championship club once again. A team in the championship that you feel needs to pull its finger out somewhat is Middlesbrough. Michael Carrick's gone in there. Obviously, a stellar career uh, across the Premier League, a touch, a little taster of what it is to be a manager at Manchester United, coming out to focus on his foundation. Uh, Back in, are you surprised that we've seen Michael Carrick appointed as the Borough boss? No, not at all. I think management at the moment, you can't really... Pick four or five managers to choose from at the moment. It's it's uh, you've got to pick the best at what you can as quick as you can because everybody seems to want them. Um, I think Michael had a great career. He's seen a lot happening behind the scenes. The championship will be a little bit different to what he's used to. He'll, he'll soon come to grips with that. I think uh, by all accounts he's a, he's a lovely lad as well, uh, and I, I I want him to do well now. Um, I think the the group of lads that I left, I, I thought we could have got promotion even when I left yeah. that year. Um, I thought we'd have got in the playoffs and I thought we'd have won the playoffs. So I was still a little bit bitter about that day because I thought, you know, we got a good group. We had a lot of injuries before I left and uh, we were only four points off the playoffs. Um, whereas I, I kept, the, the manager that followed me kept saying they were 14th when I took over. Uh, he never said there were four points off the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> Perception, so it was a. Uh, we weren't, yeah, we weren't a bad side. We weren't a bad side. We've got some good individual players and good as a team players. You know, people like House and, mm. and, and Paddy McNair and, and Dale Fry. Uh, I brought Young Jones in, a wing-back, who was as exciting as tremendous. anybody. He's been tremendous. Isaiah, hasn't he? Um, uh, he has. He's a, he's, a, he's a lovely lad and all, and he worked his socks off. And really pleased. Yes, he, he'll have a, a few games where, because young lads are like that. They go hot and cold a bit. But uh, what a you know he's done fabulous from. So they've got they, they've got the um, they've got the strength in certain areas. I think if I was in if 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 Michael was to ring me tomorrow, mm. which I don't suppose he will, but if he did, I, I would say to him, 
I think they're the type of players that need loving. I think they need loving a lot more than, than, than shouting at them or picking on them or, you know, not too much. I don't think there's too much wrong, me, with them. I look at the, the table, I still think they should be up around the playoffs when I look at the whole the whole league. Mm. Um, the club, the fans, it's a, it's a fabulous occasion uh, up there when you go to a game. So I, I really enjoyed it. And, and I think Michael will be all right. Uh, it just, we, we struggled to get strikers on board yeah. at the time. And uh, I remember trying desperately to get Kiefer Moore, uh, one of my first ones, and I could not get Kiefer Moore over the line. Um, what, what, was, you know, was that from we him, from the club, him, from you? Why, why, would, why didn't that come to fruition? No, no, from, 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 our, from, from ourselves, really. Okay. Um, you know, I, I was telling them what, what, we, what we needed to pay to get him over the line, but we were miles away from that. We offered him sort of two-thirds and then a little bit more. Yeah. And it went on for four or five weeks, four or five weeks, where if we'd have gone in at the, what, it, what, what they asked us for on day one, we just got him signed. But we, we quibbled and quibbled and tried to do, to, to do it the other way to save a bit of money. And five weeks later, um, Cardiff gave him the money that he wanted. Yeah. And he signed straight away. They said, oh, he's always going to sign for Cardiff. Was he held always? He would have signed for us the first week if we'd, have, if we'd have come up with the... And then we actually, once Cardiff agreed to pay that, we agreed to match no it, way. which was five weeks too late. I mean, are you with me? That must... We agreed to match that after all that time. So it's a. I think you, you know, certain things had to change up there. And strikers, I don't think they've sorted that out at all. Really, I'm not impressed really with with the strike for Duncan Watmore. You have to laugh at this, David. Mm. So Duncan Watmore came to me, and he was going to India. So he was going to play okay. in India. He hadn't got a contract. I said. And uh, Gordon Armstrong said to me, will you have a look at him, Gaffer, please? He's a lovely lad, good lad. So he came over to train with us. What a fabulous lad yeah. he is. One of the best lads I've ever had under me. And so keen to do well. And um, I said to him, well, listen, instead of going to India, let me see if I can get you a contract. It won't be a lot of money. And, 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 and so I went to um, Chief Exec, yeah. you know, and... Uh, and, and they come back. We had a, we had two or three recruitment people then, you know, on the computers. And they come back and said his stats don't add up, Neil. Um, he doesn't score enough goals. I said, I said I'm watching him in training, yeah. and what he does is brilliant. And we're not talking a lot of money. We're talking a tenth of what some of the players are on just to get him a contract. Now, uh, anyway, it went on for four weeks, and he hadn't been paid a penny. And uh, oh <laughs> he came God. to see me. He said, I said. I said, Duncan, I can't, I can't, I, I, I'm, I'm going to see, speak to the owner, I said, and see if I can, and if I can't get anything for you, yeah. you can, you'll have to, you know, I understand you've got to go. And uh, I spoke to, to Steve, and we signed him on a very small contract, and um, and he ended up with 10 goals last year. Yeah. So the stats weren't right last year. He was just a brilliant lad, and he's still the main, I think, still the main striker after all. You know, they've signed Horse and uh, and uh, and Force and Hop into it. Yeah, and Force and Hop. The, I mean, and, the, the, the fact we Chub Chubarakpon's back he's now. He's back, isn't he? Yeah, back yeah. back in favour. The thing with Duncan as well, a couple yeah. of cruciate yeah. knee ligament injuries as well. I mean, that that's really curtailed that oh, that kind me. of first portion of his career. So maybe that's why the figures didn't add up by virtue of the fact he didn't have the games to be able to play. 
because he, he'd been out for such a long yeah. period of time. I mean, and you mentioned so you mentioned Duncan there and, and his perception, and, and again, like you say, he's a very bright, intelligent young footballer or, or moving through his career now. And speaking of moving through the careers, and you, and you said about Michael Carrick, um, you, you don't suppose that he would like pick the phone up and touch base. Have you had experience of that in your career where you've had young managers ringing you up to say, look, I'm in this position, what's your thoughts? Have you, have you, have you encountered this before? Is, is that a common thing for you and younger managers? I think it's, well, it's, it's certain lads who you know, isn't it? I've had players that used to play for me, you know, who have gone into management and, and they will pick my brains, which I think that's how it should be. Yeah. You should use your experience. Like I said to you, until you've actually made mistakes and done things, it's very difficult to learn from them. So, yeah, I've got probably four or five lads who ring me on a regular basis who I try and help. And, uh, you know, if I, if I can help, I would do. Um but such a great club. I mean, the training ground, wow. It was fantastic. <laughs> I used to walk around it in Army. And I'm thinking, when, you, when I think how I used to walk around uh, the Bury in the championship, I used to take a, a, a fork and a, and a shovel to shovel the dog muck up <laughs> off the training ground before we started training. Uh, and then you go there to Rockcliffe and see the hotel and the, the training facilities. I mean... He's done brilliant, Steve, for the for oh, the word. you know for the club and the the area. I mean, the area, um, you know, without the football club, it, it's so important. Yeah, that. yeah it's part of the life, isn't it? The community. Yeah, you know, he has. I think. And listen, I think. I think he's made mistakes, and and uh, I think he'd probably hold his hand up. Uh, we all make mistakes, so. Uh, so can you? You know, uh, you, but it's a, a club that will bounce back. Yeah, and you talk about it about it very magnanimously because, as we know. There's a finite, finite amount of positions for managers to be in, and the rest of the managing fraternity are all out of work managers in inverted commas, aren't they? So when you see you've been at a club, you understand what a club's been like. Then someone else comes in, and then someone else comes in. Can you? Is it is it kind of a sliding scale of of how emotional you feel about it with? different changes is is the fellow that follows you in is that one a tough one to take is the fellow that follows the fellow that followed you in is that a slightly easier one to take is it a sliding scale yeah it's yeah, yeah dead right yeah dead right I, I you know i wanted him to lose every game <laughs> when i left um Have you felt that i didn't about like the club? guy who come in so uh, and, and he used to say that <laughs> and then uh, obviously i keep saying the manager that followed me but it made me laugh because all the interviews that he did, it it was all the previous manager. Never never mentioned my name. Yeah. I thought it was brilliant. So it's no, it's a, I just um, I didn't like the way that I was asked to go, mm. and I, 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 I don't know whether you remember, but I do. But the thing that did it, we went to West Brom the last game. I was in charge, mm. and uh, the ball. I remember the ball hit the goalkeeper on his face in the last minute. We'd have won that game uh, without a, a miraculous save from him. And we had all the back four out, international break. And then t to be told then that we were, um, that I was leaving, uh, I knew the new manager coming in. I'd be, you know, um, the chief exec, Neil Bowser, had been talking to him on a regular basis. How did you know so that then? I knew, I knew they're coming in. Well, I think Neil even told me he'd spoke to him about a player or he'd spoke to him about this, you know. So I knew they were in right, contact. Okay. And then, and then the Kieran Kieran Scott come in as director of football or whatever it is, head of football recruitment or what have you. I don't know what it is really. Um, 
And you, you you know as a manager when somebody doesn't look you in the eyes, <laughs> yeah. you know he's not one of you, you're not one of his fans. So uh, you know you're, the writing was on the wall, but um, I think if Stevie had been a bit stronger, we'd, we like I say I think we'd have gone up me that year. But you, you know it's their club and and they do you know he has to um, he has to support his own staff and and that's what they come to they come to the conclusion um, that the change was there to be made. Um, and then the next day, I remember going back that night on the Saturday night from West Brom with the players, mm. a, you know, great player. They were a really super group. Um, went back and then next morning, 10 o'clock in the morning, I went straight in to clear my desk. And and the, the security guy said, I'm sorry, you can't come in. What? I said, what are you talking about? I said, I said uh, I've come to clear my desk. Ah, oh, you can't come in, Kieran Scott and... And the manager, the, the new manager's having oh. a press conference, and I thought, I thought, wow, you know, it, that that shouldn't happen. Did, it, it's level, it's really. it's such a did, the respect. Listen, the respect, Dave, the respect mm. that I should have had for doing that mm. f- for the for the club through COVID, the COVID, you know, I yeah. really really tried it with COVID to to get the club through that the fans. To make them smile at my press conferences, to to try and give them something yeah. to to look forward to, you know, because it was such a horrible time, COVID. People dying left, right, and centre. And you know, I used to go to James Cook Hospital because I had a couple of blood clots as well. Yeah, I'm be They were brilliant yeah. at the hospital. Hmm. So so it was a you know it was a it was a very emotional time. So you know to go in and a security guy say you can't come in. You know, come on. It's, so I was, I was disappointed yeah. in that. But now it's gone. Now I'm all, I want Michael. I want Michael to do well now. Mm. Uh, he's got a good group of lads. Um, yes, they, they, they need. Um, you know, if I had a chance to talk to him, I would do, uh, because I, th- you know, I, I'm sure I could give him information about certain players that you can't probably pick up on on the training well, ground. You know, that, I mean, that's and, and I think he seems a level-headed lad. Yeah, that, that's. I mean, it's good, isn't it? I mean, it's it, like I said, we're just a few episodes in. I think that I think we're finding our rhythm. It's nice to touch on things on a weekly basis. Also, obviously, given geographical restrictions, sometimes you're very much almost in France. I'm almost very much in Scotland, and to meet in London the other week was was great fun, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, and my daughter Amy, she's now she's got everybody in Truro Hospital. They're all watching our podcast. Is that, now, David, so. is that helping people? Or? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I'll give you. I'll, I'll let you know on that later on if it's healthy or not. Could, could, but it's uh, could be the best think, way to cut you know, NHS got, waiting list down. People all age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you've got people all age. I'm, I'm, I'm glad they're enjoying it. And we've got to try and make people laugh, haven't we? All, of course. Or try and give them something interesting. And a big thank you to everybody that's been watching because I, I do enjoy these. You know, coming in my office now. It's a little bit, a little bit bare at the moment down mm. here, but. Um, you know, I'm sure they don't mind me doing it in the office. I can't keep coming up to London for two days just to talk to you, Dave. <laughs> Not when I can have a walk round here. <laughs> and you, yes, and you can take the wonderful sights down there. Do you know what, Neil? That seems like a perfect place to pause this episode of Die for Three Points. As ever, it's a pleasure for you to join us, the listening public that um, appreciate the time that you take. And if you do like this, please like it, share, subscribe, and rate the podcast. And myself and Neil will listen to you, talk to you. We shall share our views with you on the very next Die for Three Points. Neil, take care of yourself. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Dave. Speak to you soon.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.